Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Core Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sestari, and this is the podcast where we are focused on bringing awareness to the heat beneath our feet to power our future. And I'm extremely excited about today's episode because um, we have an awesome guest with us. Uh, and I'm so excited to introduce Steve Crace to you guys. And he is the CEO of Hefe Energy Technology. And they are currently one of the many companies that are working to solve the problem of geothermal and how we get geothermal to become a global baseload energy source and help us get to a cleaner, more sustainable future. So without any further ado, I would like to hand it over to Steve to give a brief introduction of himself and just kind of walk us through a little background on his journey and how it, it brought him here to working in the geothermal space, in particular with Hefe Energy Technology. Hey, thanks, Nick. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here, and I'm honored to um, be one of your first guests on this uh, on this podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you. Thank you again for for joining me. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing this. Pretty exciting, exciting times. So yeah, yeah so yeah, about me. I uh, you know my degree is in geology. I grew up in Long Island, New York. Uh, I got a uh, bachelor's degree in geology from the University of Akron, and uh, graduated from there in 1980. And um, I think, uh, you know, I mentioned the first time we spoke, I, I talked to you about, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s um, on, in New York and I think in most areas of the country. That was a time when uh, right in the middle of the Arab oil embargo. And so, um, you know, I got involved in geology with the idea that somehow I was going to make a contribution towards bringing the country to energy independence. So. I, th I think um, I think a lot of people that got started in the industry at that time kind of had the same had the same thing in mind, and um, I, I and I think um, I think it's been a it's been an interesting an interesting journey. We, um, you know, from from graduating in in 1980, I started out mud logging in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, then I went to work for uh, Chevron Geoscience, where I was processing well logs um, in for Saudi, uh, what is now Saudi Aramco oil fields. And then um, I got an opportunity to um, work at the Superior Oil Company as a petrophysicist. And I stayed there until uh, Mobile acquired us in 1984. And uh, since 1984, I've been working on, um, on developing download technology. I went to... Uh, work for uh, Teleco Oil Field Services, which at the time was uh, uh, trying to develop the first uh, logging while drilling systems. And um, I spent uh, eight years at Teleco in various positions, including the latest of which was Director of Engineering, and then uh, carried on with the Baker Hughes acquisition of Teleco. Spent a couple of years, well, actually spent four years at Baker Hughes, uh, also developing logging while drilling technology. And uh, did the same thing, and I left there and went to Halliburton for a couple of years. Um, spent a couple of years working on the same thing, and then um, decided to put my money where my mouth was. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know. I, I think at a certain time you get, you know, but a lot of people get frustrated working for other companies, and I just, I just decided uh, that it was time to to do something else. So, um, in the late nineties, I went off and uh, just started consulting and did a few startups. And the latest of which was uh, Navigate Energy Services, which we uh, we sold to neighbors uh, about uh, nine years ago. And then uh, since then, I've been uh, I've been uh, working on uh, this geothermal startup. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So, so that's a, that was a long winded that was a no. long winded long winded tale. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I I think that's um, one of the things that is great about um, geothermal, in my opinion, or one of the things I want to focus on is that it is there is a lot of crossover uh, in geothermal from the oil and gas you know space, and so that's one thing you know from what you mentioned. I'd love to just bring that out a little bit more and touch on. You said you were developing you know logging while drilling technologies, so. We'll, We'll piggyback off that. And, and what about that specific space is, you know, inspired you to do what you guys are doing at, at, at Hefe Energy and, and how you think that's going to help advance the geothermal uh, space? Right. So, uh, you know, the thing I uh, think so like in, uh, one of the things is, is that uh, that is very important to me to remember is that um, what I've seen in my 40 year career is that what's impossible today becomes a requirement almost tomorrow, right? It's, it's yeah. not, it's never actually tomorrow, but when you look back on it, it happens essentially overnight. And, uh, I'll, I'll go back to my, uh, my, my story at superior oil. When I was at superior, you know, I was, I was at somewhat of a disadvantage because most, most petrophysicists at the time, they all are, uh, they all were, uh, ex, uh, wireline, uh, field engineers. And I didn't have that experience. I just had the, uh, I just had the geology background, which I think brought a lot to the department because I wasn't an engineer and I was a geologist and I was the only one in the group that actually had a geology background. But I always felt at a disadvantage when it came to technology because those guys knew the physics of these tools. They understood how they worked. You know, they built them. They ran them in the field. And I always felt at a disadvantage. So I, I was reading an oil and gas journal article one day. It was written by uh, by Mr. Bill Zoller. Uh, uh, one of my former colleagues, and it was about the first MWD gamma ray log. And I was just blown away. I mean, it was a very simple log. It was just it looked like it was on graph paper, just, you know, it was probably a point every 10 feet. But I just I just thought it was magic. And I, I brought it to my coworkers, and I said, look at this. This is this is awesome. I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to need to run wireline in the future. And, and they thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so then when, you know, and then, you know, I had an opportunity to leave because, you know, the, the, the mobile, the mobile, uh, mobile came in, they were going to move everybody to Dallas. I didn't want to do that, but the, the, the opportunity with Teleco came up in Connecticut and I jumped on it. Everybody thought I was really dumb for, for, uh, for making that move. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was 1984, I made that move. And by, you know, 1990, we were replacing wireline logs, triple combo wireline logs with LWD wireline logs. So it went from a crazy idea to absolutely a requirement within five years. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what we forget. I think often is the, the fact that, you know, we want something to be a reality or a technology, but if we don't move now, then, then it, it won't happen. You know, you can't think long-term, you kind of have to start making things uh, a reality today. Yeah, that's right. And I, th I think uh, with, ge that's, I think, and I think that's where we are geothermal. So there's, there's a, there's a couple of things. Well, as in fact, everything in geothermal is, is there, right? I mean, it, with the exception of, I think direct heat and that's using hot water to, you know, hot water steam for direct usage, of that heat, um, that that's obvious that that's not that's not impossible, right? That people are doing it, and then you've got hydrothermal where you're taking steam or hot water from the earth and you're driving a turbine with it and creating electricity. Uh, that's certainly people are doing it every day, so that's not impossible. But 
just about everything else is impossible, right? When it yeah. comes to EGS and AGS, I mean, there's, there's so people are just arguing right now or debating the basic fundamentals of whether it's going to make any sense or if it's ever going to, if, if anybody's going to ever get it to work. So th- there's that part of it, right? And then, and then you've got the the other part which I'm working on, which is the is the high temperature. High temperature measuring wall drilling, logging wall drilling, rotary steerable system. That that you know the temperatures that we're talking about, two twenty five C up to three hundred C. You know, most a lot of people think that's impossible, right? And so that's yeah. where we are today. Yeah, which is great because that's, I mean, in terms of getting it to a scalable, uh, you know, kind of to where geothermal can be globally scalable. I think you have to get to that place where you're in those temperatures uh, as well as even approaching the, the super critical uh, fluid range to where your efficiencies are higher. Cause I think that's probably if you, I don't know if you agree that one of the hurdles I see is that the efficiencies are just not, not as high as other, op, you know, other plants or other, you know, turbines that are running out there currently. For sure. For sure. I'm there's, Hotter is better. That's our kind of one of our slogans, right? And uh, more heat makes everything better when it comes to geothermal, and right. And so, um, and so that that's and, and there's no technology to drill the wells that are required, even at even at two twenty five economically. And so, yeah. um, it, you know, this is this is this is a requirement. It has to happen. All right. So, Steve, I just wanted to touch again on, you know, the technology that you guys at HEFE are, are doing and kind of what sets you apart and, and, you know, the goals that you're hoping to achieve and how you guys are hoping to, to get geothermal to a place that it's not just locally where there's hot stuff near the surface, but also anywhere in the globe that you can get deep enough. Right. So the, you know, the, the one of the, as, as I mentioned, the hotter is better. I think that that's, Everybody will agree to that. The the, the hotter um, fluids, uh, rock that you can access for geothermal systems, regardless of whether they're uh, direct use or AGS or EGS, uh, the more the more efficient your system is going to be. So uh, we recognized that um, most commercial directional drilling systems are generally rated to 175 to 185C. Uh, there are some, some outliers to that, but uh, generally speaking, the, you know, the, the market above 175, 185 is not very big. So really hasn't been a lot of, a lot of effort in that area. And, um, you know, when you look at the EGS well profiles and the AGS well profiles that, that, are, being, uh, that are being proposed and are actually being tested right now, in order to drill those wells, I mean, we know how to drill those wells, but we can't, we, right now we don't have the tools to do it above 200 C above 210 C above 250 above 225 C. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and so we, you know, we, we, um, we, we've decided that that's what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, develop tools that are going to enable, uh, the efficient, uh, efficient, um, it's efficient drilling of uh, geothermal projects around the world. Now, easier said than done, right? I mean, I've been doing this while well, I've been working on downhole tools since 1984. And, um, and, you know, high temp always comes up, right? Whether it's uh, Gulf of Thailand, whether it's the Haynesville, whether it's uh, Mobile Bay, 
whether it's the smack over I me, mean, yeah. you, you know, the, the, you know, it always comes up. Right. And, um, and everybody, you know, every company that I've worked at in the past, you know, you'll either, you'll either try it, you'll try and do some testing or you'll just put your hands up in the air and say, no, we already tried that. It's not going to work. Right. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, and so that's kind of, and, and actually, you know, I, I, I John, John Clegg, my, uh, my co-founder, you know, we, we kind of, we, we kick kicking ourselves for not paying attention to this a little sooner because we, we actually thought we knew something about geothermal. And as it turns out, we didn't know, we weren't really paying attention to what's going on, but has our full attention now. And, and one of the, one of the things that I think, you know, that John has, you know, John's a master of innovation and, uh, and he, uh, well, I say that he, he, you know, he's, uh, he's, he studies innovation. He's demonstrated that he's quite good at it as well. But, you know, one of the things that he's brought up recently is that, you know, the timing has to be right, you know, and, 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 you know, in the past, you know, the timing for high temp electronics for drilling, you know, probably just wasn't right. But right now we have a few things working for us. You've got, you've got, of course, this big geothermal push, but you've also got the push by NASA to go to other planets and put rovers on the surface where it's 500 degrees Celsius. Yeah. And so, you know, where in the past space electronics for space were, were uh, primarily cold. I mean, it was high shock of vibration from a launch, but it, once you got into space, you know, you, it's cold, you know, really, didn't, yeah. you really didn't need high temperature electronics. So um, th- that's, what's changed. So we have, there's a lot of things that we have going for us right now in terms of different components and different technologies that we can, uh, that we can pick up and we can apply to this. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I really, I really like that. It's, you know, that that's something that I think is really big to focus on is that, you know, a we're piggybacking off learnings that have been in oil and gas for, for many years, right? Like you said, there was things that people thought were impossible that here we are today, you know, LWD and MWD are almost, kind of taken for granted you just they are there sometimes you even have them and don't use them it's how much they're on wells that we drill and same with the concept that you could drill three miles laterally you know no one thought that was possible 10 years ago if you would have told someone that they would have looked at you like you were crazy so i think it's it's great to hear that you guys are pushing the the limits on that but also using your learnings from you know your career in oil and gas to to basically help advance geothermal. And not only that, like you said, there's, there's way more avenues that this is going to lead into. And so I think kind of on that is, at least in my opinion, it seems like the public, you know, focuses a lot on wind and solar. They get most of the press, they get most of the, what seems to be the forecast. When you look at the energy outlooks, they, they, along with natural gas and and kind of, you know, geothermals in there, but it almost holds flat. So I guess in your opinion or just gather your thoughts on that you know what do we have to do as a community uh you know energy community but also a geothermal community to really get the narrative out there but also just share what geothermal really is and how many things it can do for us besides just pure electricity generation right well um i think for sure solar and wind um are in the lead for sure unless we do something different um, in the geothermal space, uh, that's, that's going to, that's going to continue to be the case. I mean, we're behind and right now there's, in my mind, there's a sense of urgency, uh, solar and wind are only going to get cheaper. 
Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and right now, uh, the geothermal is, 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 um, it's close, but it's not like uh, solar and wind they're going to stop, right? We have to we have to keep improving on on geothermal. So, what is it going to take to do that? It's going to take a lot of collaboration, and um, so and and that and when I say collaboration, it, it's there's got to be collaboration between oil and gas and the existing geothermal industry. And, you know, what I've witnessed is it's, it's almost, it's, it's kind of siloed, right? I mean, you've got yeah. the hydrothermal guys, the geothermal guys, they're kind of doing their thing. And then you've got the oil and gas guys that are kind of doing, doing their own thing over to the side. And, you know, it's almost like they're ignoring all the stuff that the geothermal guys have done in the past. And, and, and they're just trying to come up with these, these ways to do this. And I think that, and I think that there, it's imperative if we're going to get this done quickly, there has to be collaboration. And there's a few things going on right now. I'm involved, you know, we're involved in a couple of them, but uh, it has to, it has to be more of it. I mean, we have to, we have to work together to get this done and we have to try to identify the barriers to, for, for making that, making that, making that happen. Um, and, 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 and some of it is, um, it's, some of it's fine investment, right? There needs to be yeah. more money coming into it. We've seen a lot more come in in the last 12 months. Uh, but some of it is also uh, political with it, when it comes to uh, um, subsidies, uh, when it comes to the grid and utilities. It's, it's, not, um, it, it's not as straightforward as it would appear to, you know, you just can't, you can't, you can't uh, drill a hole in the ground on your own land and get hot water and steam and truck it off to her in some place. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it's just not, it, you know, it, it's obviously it's not as simple as that, but yeah. I mean, you, there's a huge, there's a huge barrier, right. To you just Absolutely. because you have, just because you have hot water or steam doesn't mean anybody's going to buy it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You have to have someone who's going to take that energy off of your hands and use it for whether it's electricity or direct use or, or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. And so and that's one of the issues I see in terms of, you know, reusing the oil and gas wells is, okay, yeah, I get it. You, you, you drilled an oil and gas well and you didn't get oil and gas, you got hot water. Well, that's the good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the bad news, okay, now what do I do with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's either... You know, I think that that's part of what I really hope to express on this show is that I think that there has to be collaboration, like you said, because that's truly the only way that we get it to where it, it needs to be. But also, you know, it's this it's this idea that, you know, what what can we do with it? I mean, there's totally different models, right, for what you guys are doing at Hefe versus, like you said, an oil and gas company with co-produced, you know, maybe that's just something that them as a company use for electricity on location or sure. to provide, you know, and so it, and again, that's not necessarily built into some of their economic models, right? Because, you know, in oil and gas historically, right. If it doesn't really look economic, there's not much time given to it, which I understand we have to make money, but at the same time, you know, some of these things, it takes, it takes time to get it to that place. So unconventionals weren't economic day one. Correct. Um, and so I think, that's really the hope here is that, you know, geothermal goes beyond just, hey, we're trying to replace fossil fuels um, because that's not really what the goal is to just take over something. The goal here is to lean on all of the energy sources that we have and become more sustainable as well as, you know, use it to our advantage and the fact that it, it can be accessed anywhere, really, once we get to a certain uh, technology, you know, space. 
Yeah, and I, I think, you know, looking at the unconventionals as an example, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago, and I would you know, I say 10 years, I think there were 900 rigs in the United States drilling vertical gas wells. Yeah. And, and uh, there, were, there were no horizontal wells. Now, now you couldn't, you know, it would be very difficult if you're not an oil and gas, an oil and gas company to, uh, to propose a vertical well as opposed to 10 years ago proposing a horizontal well people would have looked at you like you're like you're an idiot and this and then and the opposite is true now yeah absolutely i mean i think that's you know yeah so that's a big space is just realizing that there's there's many different facets of geothermal and i think the the big oil and gas companies actually will be key in the advancement in my opinion i mean i'd love to hear how you think i know you're saying you know that obviously that you guys are collaborating on some things and i've seen reports of neighbors getting involved and there, there is some interest there from the oil field services side. And, and even, you know, Chevron has the technology ventures group. Um, but I really think that uh, it's the time is now, like you said, there's urgency. And I think that the oil and gas companies with a, the acreage that they already have the assets, uh, they have technology, they have money. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think they are going to be key in, in helping advance some of these geothermal technologies and, and, you know, fields slash just the, you know, advancing it to a place that is economic. Yeah, I, I think uh, the cash and the technology are hugely important uh, from 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 these oil and gas operators, and also and, and, and from the service companies. And what I've seen, what we've seen, is um, you know significant amount of interest. From, well, I take that back. Not a significant amount of interest, but there's certainly interest. I would say from every company that has any involvement in the energy industry and specifically in oil and gas. So, you know, we've, we've, we've spoken to quite a few people here in our efforts to raise, raise money. And, um, you know, it, it's not difficult to get an audience. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody is, uh, everybody's very interested in hearing what we have to say. Um, because out of all the renewables, you know, this is like a, a complete, you know, you can just like move over to a new location, right? Yeah. It's not like solar and wind, right? I mean, the, Although the, all the oil and gas companies, are, uh, historically oil and gas companies, are looking at solar and wind, um, and I think that's why you look at neighbors and H and P and some drilling contractors also looking at geothermal because you know this is this is an obvious, 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 uh, easy, easy transition or easier transition than uh, tr- trying to convert yourself into a into a wind company from a <laughs> from, yeah. from an oil and gas operator, right? <laughs> Absolutely, or an oil and gas driller, right? And yeah, it just, it just makes sense. So. And the skills, I mean, from an employment standpoint, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not insignificant. And so when you look at, and so the question is, okay, how big can it be? Right. And that's the, yeah. that's the question, right? The, the geothermal drilling business right now is small. It's minuscule. Um, but if you look at the amount of energy that's required around the world, uh, the increment, incremental uh, demand for energy um, is is, um, is 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 supposedly um, or is projected to come all from renewables, and so if you take just fifteen percent of fifteen to sixteen percent of that projected um, increase in in renewables, and you and you and you slide that over to geothermal, and just say, okay, sixteen percent of this can come from geothermal, you know, we run out of drilling rigs pretty quick. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, you know, it sounds crazy, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're out of drilling rigs, certainly within, you know, within, um, within, um, six to 10 years, you know, that's the time frame. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, that's what you know, the potential is there also. So I think it's, you know, exposing that to, you know, the workforce that's out there just because of where oil and gas is. And, and there's a lot of people that are out there from oil and gas that are either still looking for jobs again, or just looking for something that they can contribute to this sustainable net zero goals. And I think geothermal has, has the necessary, you know, it's, it needs engineers, it needs geophysicists, petrophysicists, geologists, uh, it needs, you know, project planning and field services all basically, like you said, it's almost a complete transfer. You're just now talking about heat instead of oil and gas. And so I think that's, huge because the potential is there to hire a lot of these people from oil and gas and, and create more job opportunities in this space. And, you know, I love that. I mean, obviously coming from oil and gas, you as well, I think it's, it's a great thing to see that there is a, a avenue um, for that transition to happen with the skills and the skill force that we have. Yeah. And, and the opportunity is huge. It's real in my opinion. Um, but we have to get, we have to get after it. Right. And, yeah. uh, that's the, you know, that's what, uh, you know, obviously we're, we've jumped in with both feet and we're going to, we're going to be ready. Um, you know, we, we anticipate, we anticipate being uh, commercial in about 24 months and, um, we, we, uh, we'll be ready and, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be uh, plenty of projects for us to uh, apply our technology to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope so as well. I, you know, one of the, I want to go back to the subject of, you know, like you said, getting an audience isn't hard in terms of trying to raise financing. But one question I have for you is, is has it been tough to get actual investment from, you know, some of the, the people that are in the audience or just how, how has it been in terms of trying to get uh, money invested into geothermal? Just because I know, like we already talked about, wind and solar are on the forefront, they are cheap. They, you know, see returns maybe faster or they're already established. Um, but how is it in that realm trying to get financing secured for, you know, you guys and specifically, you know, has it been tougher than you imagined or is it just a matter of once they are in the room and they're aware of what you're actually trying to do, they, they get it. Well, you know, that's a good question. And, uh, I'm not sure I have the, I'm not sure what the answer to that is other than, um, we, we, we continue to get, you know, we're not fully funded yet. We're partially funded at this point. I, I can't, I can't uh, talk about um, who the, you know, where we are in terms of our partners yet, but hopefully soon. And uh, I would anticipate that, you know, by the, you know, certainly by the end of the year, we'll be fully funded if not sooner, hopefully. Um, but I would say, you know, based on my previous experience trying to raise money, um, this is, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of excitement right now in this, in this space. And um, I think it's a matter of even though, even though, um, even though you get um, you get audiences, it's it's not right for every investment group because we are a rank startup. We're we're you know we're we're running from a from a blank sheet of paper, and, uh, and well, at that that's the thing we have working for us. We have a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. <laughs> and, but at the at the end of the day, that's all we have. Right? Yeah. And, and 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 our and our track record as 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 uh, as professionals and developing downhole technology. So. Uh, and some people just can't, you know, some organizations, some groups, they just, they're just not allowed to invest in no matter yeah. how great an idea it is. They're just not, allowed, not capable of investing in that. So you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, venture capitalists and angel investors and, and, and those types of, uh, those types of groups. But, yeah. um, you know, thankfully again, uh, look, the, 
unless something changes here in the news, uh, like, you know, all, all of a sudden the fires go out and, you know, the horror yeah. thing, unless something like that happens, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of audiences for, for, uh, for, for, for technology that can potentially save the planet, which is, yeah. which is, you know, which is, you know, which is why, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're into this to make a living, of course, but at the end of the day, John and I both are very enthusiastic about playing a role in 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 trying to save the planet and uh you know yeah what for whatever that sounds like that's 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 a fact and that's that's what we're we're that's what we're that's what's driving us is we really feel the sense of urgency here and uh we think we can make a contribution and we're we're anxious to get started yeah no that's great i mean i think that i think we all naturally have a you know, have a feeling or a, a want to to make a difference or an impact and leave behind something better than what we receive. So I think that's an awesome initiative and a great, you know, passion that's pushing you in that. And, you know, I think that it's awesome to hear also that there is, you know, heightened interest and a lot of people willing to listen. You know, I know that in the last six months, I've seen that even just with the Pivot Conference and the amount of people in the entire energy community and even somewhat just the public eye looking at geothermal and all of a sudden being kind of like, wait a second, this has been around since the Romans having hot baths. Yeah, but yeah. It goes, it goes far beyond just what we all think of, which is, you know, the geysers at Yellowstone or volcanoes in Iceland. And it's, you know, it's like, yes, while that is great, you know, it, it does have the potential to be much bigger um, than that. And so, that's great. And I, and I love that. Um, I want to circle back and touch on one more thing with, we sure. talked about briefly, which was kind of the, I guess the policy picture and the regulatory picture, you know, at least, you know, any wisdom that you have in that space that you could provide, I guess, just to give people a picture of the differences here in geothermal than, than in other, you know, energy sources or industries, I think, you know, what, you know in terms of permitting, or just regulatory around geothermal, what's that look like? And then also from a policy standpoint, what in your opinion has to change or what do we need to be fighting for to get geothermal, um, you know, more dollars or just more support from that end of things? You know, I, 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 I'm certainly not an expert in that area. And, uh, I, I think that, you know, from, from my, from my standpoint, uh, from what I've seen, and, you know, I've been I've been involved in this for just about twelve months, so I, I uh, I'm drinking from the fire hose. Um, but certainly, certainly, uh, the subsidies is 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 going to is going to help. Um, the the DOE grants there there are some DOE grants out there. There's some DOE money out there in terms of and not just there's there's government funding for 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 research projects, not just in this country, but um, Around around the world, we're seeing a lot of different countries that are are, are have are are uh, dedicating um, uh, funds funds to this. So I think that's important uh, for research to be funded um, because again, it is it is um, it's it's uh, it's difficult to raise money for 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 pure research, and um, there is there's a lot of research that needs to happen still in geothermal. So we definitely need money there. Um, the uh, the other part of it is that, um, you know, where there's a lot of discussion about infrastructure right now. And it, it's, it's, it's only recently that I've recognized or that I've been made aware of the issue with um, grid congestion. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a mat, you know, it's not every place 
in the United States where you can just put up a power plant and hook up to the utility grid and just like pump pump all your electricity onto the grid, right? And so uh, there's an issue there. I know enough to be dangerous about it. <laughs> I know enough that you just can't do that, right? So that's yeah. the other issue with in terms of, okay, yeah, you can, you can, you can, might be able to use, you might be able to generate electricity from, uh, from an, an old oil and gas wall or an existing oil and gas wall, but you got to have someplace to put it. And uh, if, if the grid can't handle it, then you've, then, then you've got a problem. But again, you, of course you can power your, you empower your rig and all that stuff. That's great. But in order to make the impact that we're talking about, you know, we, we need to look at it from, a, from a, you know, a, 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 an entire perspective, uh, you know, from, from including, including the grid. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's probably a big key that, you know, people aren't, aren't too aware of either is the, is just how I think we learned a little bit about that in the deep freeze that we had here in, in, in Texas this last you winter. Think? <laughs> yeah. I think people uh, got a little taste of what happens with the political realm of the, of the grid and just the way that it's, you know, operated and, and how it's drastically different by each region. And so I think that, it's, you know, it is a sticking point, but it's also something to probably make people aware of slash learn more about is that, it, you know, that it will also take working together from that side of things to help, you know, balance the grid. I think there's times I think about even just this past weekend with the hurricane in Louisiana and about having a more balanced grid, you know, if you had geothermal or, you know, other sources that can help you know, balance out those times when something goes, when the lines, you have less transmissions lines because you're hooked up to a geothermal power plant, then maybe you can supply power, um, you know, when it goes down because of all the lines that you lost. So it's just, I think there's, it, I, yeah, I see the potential and it excites me. And I think there's a lot of spaces where it can work, but, you know, collaboration's key. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, the promise is, you know, the heaping into our feet, geothermal anywhere, you can, you can get to it, you know, just a matter of how deep you go. Right. I, I, I th- for sure, a hundred percent agree with that. And, you know, but in, 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 and I think that's, um, if, if things go the way we think they're going to go, that's definitely the future. Uh, it's not the, probably not the future of my lifetime, but that's, I, I, I that's certainly the potential for that future is there in the meantime. Um, you know, I think we, you, you know, we've got to get focused in on um, some of these areas where you've got heat that's not too deep and you've got the grid and you've got infrastructure and you've got a political situation that's 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 or, or a state or local governments that are going to help you uh, accomplish that. Uh, yeah. I think if we can get focused on some of those kinds of projects and start to get some base hits and not that people aren't getting base hits right now, but I would really, I'd really like to see, I mean, like what Sage is doing is fantastic. You know, Sage is yeah. an announcement, you know, powering, powering the military bases, man, that's, that's just awesome. Right. And, and so, you know, the military bases got total control over their grid, hopefully, <laughs> and, yeah. they, and they want to have total control over it. Right. So yeah. I think that, I think that that's the, that's the, that's the thing. Uh, and I hate to keep picking on the, you know, the, the, uh, the unused oil, you know, the offering to oil and gas wells. I hate to keep picking on that because I, it's a great idea and I get it, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I'd like to see something that's a little bit more focused in a specific area where the grid, you know, I like I like the coal to geothermal. I think that, you know, yeah, uh, I'd like that coal to the geothermal proposals that are out there converting those coal plants to geothermal plants. I mean, you've got the grid, you got, you're gonna have to drill deep, uh, to get the heat, but the, the infrastructure is right there to put, 
to just transition over from cold straight to geothermal. A lot of work has been done over that in the last 20 years. And uh, it seems to be bogged down in politics at the moment. But, um, but that, in my mind, that's, that's an example of, uh, of someplace where we could get started. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, agree and, and echo that of just that we need almost uh, pilots to a, to a degree, right? Of something needs to come out that shows the success of, you know, geothermal apart from what we know of it today, which is the conventional hydrothermal or just, you know, localized hot water. Like you said, hey, look, we found hot water, but, you know, something, an actual project that says we do have hot water and we're putting it through a turbine and we're producing electricity and it's going going to the grid and helping, you know, helping offset other electricity sources with this renewable source. Um, and I think that'll be huge. That'll be huge for, I mean, all of you in, in the space, but especially in the investment space too, because it'll be, um, you know, they'll start seeing that it's, it's working and there's tangible proof of that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, you know, it's, it's great because the footprint, you know, of, of geothermal is relatively small compared to some of these other energy sources as well, which I don't think um, many people probably know is, is that it's, it's a much smaller surface footprint than a solar, um, you know, farm or a, a wind farm in terms of, you know, what you have to do on the land side. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm super excited about it. And uh, obviously, and um, you know, dedicated, dedicated my, uh, my professional life to doing this now and uh, really, really, really enjoying it. And, uh, we're, um, I think we're, we're gonna, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people in terms of, uh, uh, what, what, you know, how, how quickly we get this done and, uh, and, uh, the quality of the product that we're going to have. So I feel really, I feel really good about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, last thing, uh, you know, touch on just kind of you guys at FA energy and, and kind of want to hear, and we've touched briefly, but want to just kind of hear, you know, what are your goals for, let's say the near term, which I kind of already heard your near term, but then the long-term goals of what you'd like to see, um, you know, you guys accomplish and, and what boundaries you'd like to see you guys break or push in, in terms of geothermal space. All right. So, uh, I th- it, you know, what we've, you know, one of the things that I learned again, I'm, I'm, my degrees in geology, right. And so, um, I was lucky enough to work for, um, um, a brilliant, a brilliant man by the name of uh, Don Wiesenberg uh, when I was at Baker Hughes. And everything I learned about uh, product development, uh, I learned from from Don. And uh, one of the things that he taught me is that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of products, projects fail because they fail to recognize that there's a research leg in them. And, you know, what you really want to work on is a development project, not a research project. And so many oil field service companies, at least, you know, back in the nineties, eighties and nineties, you know, we were, weren't really doing development. We were doing research and development, right? And yeah. it's only until, until service companies recognize, okay, well, we, we really suck at research. We're not <laughs> going to do that. We're just going to do development. So, but it's, it's always a challenge, especially when you're working with some engineers to, to say, listen, you can't do that. <laughs> or, or, you know, let's focus on the stuff that we know yeah. and let's put a timeline around what we know. So, so the, the approach that we're taking is, is, um, okay, we've identified the research part to this and that it's all around the electronics, right? The, the mechanical stuff around 200 to 225C, yeah, it's going to, there's some, there's some challenges there, but it's not 
there's nothing that's going to break the laws of physics. Yeah. Uh, the challenge is around the electronics. So all of our effort, all of our effort is going to be focused around the electronics. And uh, when, when, when we, when we have that, when we have, uh, when we have the electronics solved and again, uh, we're not, we're not really, you know, we're, we're leveraging off of a lot of the other work that's being done right now in, in the, in the aerospace industry and in, in the, in the oil and gas industry, automotive industry, all different industries. And uh, we're going to leverage off of that. We've looked at what's out there and we feel, um, very good, uh, about our ability to get a, a, a working tool, uh, to 25 C in the 24 month timeframe. So, um, the, the first product that we'll come out with is going to be a measurement while drilling system. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, the, the one is, uh, in the, uh, all, all geothermal wells need an MWD system, whether it's a hydrothermal well, or it's a AGS well or an EGS well, uh, you can drill it with a, just, you can rotary drill it like some of these geothermal hydrothermal wells are being done, but you know, you need an MWD system right now in those hydrothermal wells, um, like the stuff that's being done in California and elsewhere, you, you, you drill down till you get to about 175C and then you got to come out of the ground, out of the hole. And then you drill blind the rest of the way you drop a, a flask single shot to get your surveys one in if you need them. So, uh, so we, we, you know, the, 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 the MWD, the geothermal space, uh, everybody needs MWD. Uh, so that'll be the first step. And then what we've decided to do is we've decided to integrate the electronics. So, Instead of having two sets of electronics, one for MWD, one for rotary steerable, we're going to have one set of electronics. And so once, so the MWD electronics will also include the control system for the, uh, for the rotary steerable. So when we add, oh, okay. when we add the rotary steerable, we're only going, primarily going to be adding the, uh, the mechanical components to it. So, uh, and I think, and I think if you were, if you were going to start with a blank sheet of paper today, I don't think you would have two dire- a directional module and a rotary steerable tool and another one in a, in the MWD and a processor in one, a processor in the other. I, I just don't, I, you know, I don't think I certainly wouldn't do that. I, I would, I would, you know, I would look at combining, combining those into one, especially yeah. when you look at the challenge here on the electronics. So I think, you know, that's, that's, that's the plan is MWD first in about 24 months followed, followed on by rotary steerable about, 12 months after that. So we'll have an integrated system, a very short integrated system, uh, about three meters long. Um, and, um, in about 36 months. And, um, and once we have that, I think then once we have the electronics that are, um, that are at that temperature, then there's, there's other applications for, um, for geothermal, because, you know, one of the things that is, is interesting now, when you look at, when you look at the hydrothermal wells, as an example, you know, we, we, we don't really know what the downhole temperature is. We don't really know what kind of rocks we're in. <laughs> you know, we don't know yeah. whether there's any, you know, we don't know if there's fractures. We don't know if there's, you know, we don't know anything what's going on at the bottom of the hole because it's just, it's very expensive to run a, run a, a wireline system that's cooled down to TD. And you're, and there certainly isn't any LWD or MWD technology to get you that information. So, and when it comes to monitoring these reservoirs, when you're talking about EGS, when you've, when you're injecting in one and producing out of another or an AGS mm-hmm. system, you know, we believe that you're going to need some electronics and sensors that you, the, the, that these wells are going to have to be instrumented. And yeah, we believe, absolutely. we believe that if we can get these electronics, um, commercialized, uh, then we'll have some other, we'll have some other opportunities outside of, uh, the directional drilling side of things. So 
the the, yeah. the, the entire focus here is is uh, the entire focus here is electronics. Yeah, which is great because I think that's a, a huge piece. I mean, yeah, there's needs for where you guys are at, and then you know pressure gauges or all kinds of other things that we've gotten accustomed to putting down hole in oil and gas. But like you said, that electronics aren't rated for the temperatures that you'll be seeing. Um, you know, hopefully in the future when we're able to get deep enough to hit that 200 plus to 300 C level. So that's, that's extremely exciting. And I'm looking forward to following along, you know, with your journey and seeing the developments that come out of Hefe and, and just seeing the advancement and looking forward to the next 36 months, which really isn't too long. And I, I love the urgency and I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Um, and I know everyone else is as well. And I just want to, Thank you again, Steve, for coming on today and, and just sharing and being one of the first guests here on the Core Knowledge Podcast. We're really excited about what this can be and excited to follow along your journey. And I'll put the company information and your information as well in the show notes for everyone so you can follow along with what Steve and his team are doing and what they're developing and can help spread that word as well with the, the urgency in the geothermal space. Um, but thank you, Steve. Thanks, Nick. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, we'll be talking again soon, I hope. So. Absolutely. Take care. Bye now. Bye for now.